the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Navy Joan Roberts is one that got away. Yeah, she wasn't aborted. Even though it's probably a pretty safe bet that her father and her grandfather wished that she had been, her father is Hunter Biden. Maybe you've heard of him, which of course makes Joe Biden her grandfather. Um, Hunter was forced to take a, a DNA test when he claimed he never met uh, Navy's mother, a stripper, by the way, who it turned out was on Hunter's payroll. He said he never met her. He was on his. She was on his payroll. He now pays a, sh- a child support to the mother. Her name's um, London Roberts. The little girl, uh, Navy, is three years old now, and as recently as last Christmas, the Biden family had never met her. They hung uh, stockings at the White House as part of their decorations for the six for six grandkids, but uh, didn't put up one for Navy. She wasn't. She didn't count. So seriously, do you think Joe, the devout Catholic, would have preferred an abortion? Here's what the big guy said about Justice Alito's leaked opinion on Roe v. Wade. Quote, Roe says what all basic mainstream religions have historically concluded, that the existence of a human life and being is a question. Is it at the moment of conception? Is it six months? Is it six weeks? Is it quickening, like Aquinas argued? Unquote. Of course, he wasn't reading off a teleprompter, which is, you know, why. And it guarantees he's going to sound like a moron. And speaking of morons, Whoopi Goldberg went nuts on a view today, apparently, when she was talking about Alito's leaked opinion. She said, and this is a quote, just listen to this stupidity. Abortion is between my doctor, myself, and my child. And here we thought that it was only a fetus that she aborted seven times. That's right. Whoopi had seven abortions. Not sure what the record is for that, but she had seven. And apparently she was able to consult with each child before she killed it. This is what you're dealing with when it comes to liberals and abortion. And when we come back, I'm going to have a legal expert here to talk about the leak, what that means, and the opinion itself. And in our second half hour, we're going to switch gears a little bit. The Stanley Cup playoffs have started, and it's a tough time for Alexander Ovechkin in Washington because he's friends with a guy named Putin. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come. By traveling to Israel this year, sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. 
Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. It seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes. Those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over a million families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their old home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Legacy Box is offering a 60% discount. Order yours today and take advantage of our best Mother's Day sale ever. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBox and for a limited time, get an incredible 60% off your order. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBox box for 60% off legacybox.com slash lbox connecticut hedge fund ceo david mccormick desperately sought president trump's endorsement but failed because of his liberal woke pro-biden and pro-china record some of the opponents i have to tell you are very pro-china and they're gonna let china eat our lunch we can't let that happen other candidates like jeff bartos and carla sands are more conservative than david mccormick Bartos and Sands sought Trump's endorsement, too, but President Trump picked Dr. Oz. He is pro-life, and he is very, very much in favor of the Second Amendment. He'll fight for strong borders. He's got a movement going along with our movement, and he's very well supported by people like Sean Hannity. I see ads in Pennsylvania where they're all claiming that they have my support. They don't have my support. The only one that has my support is Dr. Oz. Endorsed by Trump, pro-gun, pro-life. Dr. Oz for Senate. I'm Dr. Mehmet Oz, the candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, a big story today is the uh, big leak at the Supreme Court. Somehow the, the website Politico got a hold of a draft of a, a ruling from the Supreme Court that says Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned. Sarah Partial Perry is a senior legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. And she joins us now. Sarah, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's just talk about the leak first. How unprecedented is this and how serious is it? Well, it is unprecedented. We have never before seen a leak of an entire draft opinion. Uh, We have seen bits of information come out with previous cases that indicated someone on the inside may have information on how the justices were leaning, but we've never seen a full draft opinion that indicates this level of significance. It is truly unprecedented, and I do believe that the court is significantly concerned now with its ongoing integrity. We've seen a statement from the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court saying that to the extent the betrayal of the confidence of the court was designed to undermine their integrity, it won't happen. In fact, we actually think at this point there's a possibility that if Justice Chief Justice Roberts was not fully committed to a majority opinion overturning Roe, this might have actually pushed him over to the edge so that it doesn't look like the court is responding to political pressure. But this is a significant deal. It's a very, very big story, and we've never seen anything like it. And how many people could have had access to this uh, in order to be able to leak it? 
Well, there are over 70 Supreme Court clerks currently, and there are a number of administrative staff. There is also the marshal of the court and the marshal's office, as well as internal printing staff, internal janitorial staff. Now, this isn't actually a theft of property situation, but it is a misuse of federal property. So it's hard to say exactly how many. I would say a minimum of 100 employees could have gotten their hands on this particular draft of documents. They are somebody obviously within the inside of the Supreme Court organization. And we're sort of waiting to see exactly what this investigation reveals, but we're heartened by the fact that the Chief Justice immediately directed the marshal of the court to launch an investigation. I just wonder, um, so uh, it's been my uh, impression I've gotten from listening to this uh, since it broke last night, um, is that it would be a small circle of people that would have access to this. But this could be something as simple as someone seeing a, a, a pile of papers laying around somewhere or, or a, you know, somebody, a secretary who happened to get a look at it, took a picture of it with her phone and gave it to somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, uh, one of the liberal justices um, was aware of this somehow. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And my guess is, based on what we are seeing from all of the justices and their desire to uphold the integrity of the Supreme Court as an institution, and I give you, for example, Justice Sotomayor, who talked about the political stench of responding to political pressure. If Roe should go, she brought that up during oral arguments. I'm inclined to think that the justices want to make sure that it is absolutely airtight at all times. The justices, Rehnquist, had made statements in the past about the importance of integrity to his new clerks. Justice Scalia has said the same to his new clerks. So the justices themselves would seem unlikely sources as far as we're concerned, but that doesn't eliminate any other lower-level employees from any level of suspicion. I do think that this leak was ultimately designed to invest some political capital in the midterms, um, and I, I do think this is a way for the Democrats to get sort of a running start on the next round of elections and their messaging. But that's all speculation, and we won't ultimately see how this shakes out until the final opinion is issued and until the marshal of the court completes his or her investigation. And that is the full force of the internal police and investigative force at the Supreme Court. Well, some people are out there saying the ruling should be issued as quickly as possible now. Uh, if not, the leak wins. Do you agree with that? I do. I think the Supreme Court would do well to immediately clear up any confusion about how they are leaning one way or another and ultimately make a determination that there is this particular circumstance here was not affected at all by what the political atmosphere was bringing to bear, that the justices can still rule independently and with integrity, and that they aren't just a bunch of partisan political hacks, as Justice Amy Coney Barrett has said. I think it would make the next steps going forward as clear as possible. We didn't anticipate this until Thursday, until, you know, sort of June or July on one of those Thursdays toward the end of the term. But I think the best thing to do for this court now, now that we know where the justices are leaning, is to issue a final opinion, clarify that this is the final opinion, and if necessary, can release the concurrences and dissents separately if there are any of them. What um, what could they do in the next four or five weeks or six weeks um, that has not already been accomplished? At, at this point, I would think that they've they've uh, deliberated about this a lot, and they've seen all sides of the argument. They've heard the arguments. Um, if they, I guess what I'm asking is, what are they, they going to know uh, on June 21st that they don't know now about what, how they're going to rule? Well, it's possible, of course, that some justices will engage in vote trading, that they will rethink their opinions after reading a concurring opinion or a dissenting opinion. But at this point, it seems fairly clear to us that the conservative block of five absent justice, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, if that is the case, seems 
very content to sign on to a full-throated repudiation of Roe versus Wade, and that's what we're very likely to see. But at this point, it is more about the sort of choosing of the right language, the use of the right tone. Um, it may look slightly different in the end than it does right now. But again, it is only a draft and things can change. Do I think they'll change significantly in the next two months? It's unlikely, but it does remain a possibility. So what could the motivation be uh, for this leak other than to create what we're seeing right now, the reaction we're seeing right now? Well, I think at bottom what we're doing is trying to, we're seeing that someone is trying to call the Supreme Court's integrity and ethics into question to make them look like they are responsive to political pressure. The Chief Justice seems to think that as well, because that's precisely what he mentioned in his official statement today. But I think any attempt to do that will simply commit and recommit the justices to maintaining their own independence and their own integrity. I think ultimately that's what we're going to see going forward is more of a lockdown and a tightening of their own internal ethics procedures and a level of sort of discretion and carefulness that perhaps we have not even seen prior to this point. The fact that the leak occurred at this point, with this level of information, again, is unprecedented, and it will call for an unprecedented response. And does that mean there's going to be more secrecy uh, uh, just in in um, in their deliberations? And, uh, you know, it's going to be we're going to the nine of us are going to keep all this stuff to ourselves. Uh, this is not going to happen again, that kind of a thing. Well, I think the justices must have the absolute guarantee of confidentiality to make sure that their deliberations take place above the public fray, that they can step and look objectively at issues like constitutional interpretation, the text structure and history of the Constitution. This is one of those decisions where if anything had been leaked prior to the justices' determinations in Alito's opinion on where they were going to shake down, it may have changed votes. I don't think the possibility exists now that it will have any practical effect but I do think if the leanings and the internal deliberations have been made public, it might have had a bigger impact than it will now. At this point, we're only likely to see increased calls for abolishment of the filibuster, court packing, and a renewed call to reaffirm Roe versus Wade coming from those Democrats on Capitol Hill. And obviously, we've already seen from the oh, president yeah. himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking to Sarah Parshall Perry. She's a senior legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. Um, politicians, people in government leak things all the time, Sarah, um, as, as a way, and you've mentioned a little bit of this a couple minutes ago, uh, you know, as a way to gauge reaction to something before they make it official. Uh, so is it surprising in this in the current political climate that this hasn't happened before with the court? It is indeed. Um, and I will say that we've seen sort of increasingly high stakes issues and decisions come before the court. So I am a little surprised that it hasn't happened prior to this point. The Supreme Court has taken up some big questions on everything from immigration to Obamacare to religious liberty. And none of those opinions have been leaked, but perhaps because abortion is sort of the sacred cow for the liberal left in America, it is doubly politically motivated. Roe versus Wade did nothing to settle abortion debate in our country and, in fact, has only really deepened the divide. So it is definitely a political decision. The question is, to what end? And I think that remains to be seen. Any uh, surprise uh, at Justice Alito's ruling or his interpretation or I don't know what, what the official word for it is, opinion? Opinion, yes. Uh, Not in the least, actually. And I think a lot of uh, legal scholars would agree with me on this based on the prior statements of these justices, what they have written on themselves, their jurisprudence, what they indicated in oral arguments, the questions that they posed. I think many of us indicated sort of among ourselves that particularly after the replacement of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Justice Amy Coney, Coney Barrett, we were possibly going to see a 5-4 overturning of Roe. That appears to be the most likely scenario now. The question simply remains, will 
Chief Justice Roberts concur in the judgment, but write a separate opinion disagreeing with how they got there? Will he side with the liberal bloc, or will he sort of fall in somewhere in between? That's, I think, going to be a very interesting consequence of what happens. So what's up with Justice Roberts? Uh, if When he was appointed, um, or even in the you know, few years after that, uh, it, I think he would be someone who would have been I, I maybe it's just too strong to say he would have been counted on to be voting to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade, but he can't be counted on for anything by conservatives anymore. Doesn't seem. Well, I think a lot of people have rightly identified the fact that the court often looks very much like a five-three-one or a three-three-three type of case with Chief Justice Roberts being one of the distinct outliers in this case. He's certainly not a Thomas or an Alito, uh, both of whom have proven themselves to be conservative lions. Um, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh and Barrett. Obviously, we have less coming from Justice Barrett because she is the most junior justice. But I will say that the composition of the court is beginning to solidify a little bit in more of a sort of unilateral right lean. And I think that now that we've seen some of these significant First Amendment cases come down already, whether that's Ramirez versus Collier and determining a sort of condemned death row inmate has a right to be with his pastor as he's given a a lethal injection as a function of his religious exercise, or whether or not it's the ability of a Christian organization to fly a Christian flag in a public forum like the city of Boston's City Hall, we're seeing at least as far as the constitutionality of First Amendment rights and the Bill of Rights generally, this court seems to understand them well and apply them faithfully. So it will be interesting to see where this comes from, but I do believe that Roberts himself cannot be counted on as a conservative, but rather as a moderate. Uh, I have about a minute and a half left uh, with Sarah Partial Perry of the Legal of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, how did we get the original ruling on Roe v. Wade, and and how did the court get it so wrong back then? At least so wrong in the eyes of conservatives. Well, it's it's a funny question because truly, even liberal constitutional scholars cannot even justify the foundation of Roe versus Wade. Justice Blackmun pulled this from the emanations and penumbras of the right to privacy taken from a case called Griswold versus Connecticut, which had to do with contraception, and then planted all of those, what he deems to be realities within the Supreme Court's 14th Amendment jurisprudence. But in fact, he cited precious little law, and there was a lot more to do about sociology and policy and what's good for the rest of the country. And the fact that it has always been on poor footing, it has been hard to apply, and the subsequent abortion cases have done nothing to clear it up, I think argues more strenuously it needs to go back to the states. Last thing real quick. Um, uh, is people are, are the people who are upset about this missing the point and that this is not the a banning of abortion, it's just giving people in, in the various states the right to vote on it? They are indeed. And in fact, I think there's a lot of sort of Capitol Hill and Supreme Court fervor right now among the protesters who are saying that we won't go back to when abortion was illegal. But in fact, this is doing nothing to make abortion illegal. It's simply sending back a question left under the Tenth Amendment to the state by virtue of the Constitution as federalism ought to to work. It's the way the framers intended it to work. It is not a power that is left to Congress to make a rule on. It has to go back to where people can elect representatives that represent their interests and at which they can have debates, philosophical or otherwise, on what abortion ought to look like within their boundaries. Sarah, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, clearing it up for us. Great explanation uh, and thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's Sarah Partial Perry. Uh, the uh, she's a senior legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden sharply criticizing. 
a draft Supreme Court opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade. Before boarding Air Force One, the president expressed dismay that the Supreme Court could throw out the 1973 ruling that legalized abortion nationwide. If this decision holds, it's really quite a radical decision. He warned that other rights, including same-sex marriage and birth control, are at risk if the court follows through. The court confirmed the authenticity of the leaked draft, and Chief Justice John Roberts has ordered an investigation into what he called an egregious breach of trust. Greg Clugston, Washington. A wildfire near a northeastern New Mexico community expected to keep growing. Authorities, though, are encouraged by a forecast of improving humidity and shifting winds that blaze near Las Vegas, New Mexico has now charred 217 square miles. This is SRN News. Seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes, those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over a million families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their old home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Legacy Box is offering a 60% discount. Order yours today and take advantage of our best Mother's Day sale ever. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBox and for a limited time, get an incredible 60% off your order. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBox for 60% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBox. Back in the day, Pittsburgh cranked out a lot of steel. We helped build this country. Our steel went into the Empire State Building. The Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah, you'll find it there, too. These days, we're about more than steel, but we're still producing something strong. You can see it in the eyes of our kids. That same resolve, that same blue-collar ethic forged in the fires of hard work and history. And one day soon, they'll help build this country all over again. We're Pittsburgh strong. We're AM1250. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Uh, Okay, the improvement. Well, we're old. I'm 79 and my husband's 84. But we just feel like we can do things without getting as tired um, because we were getting really tired. We've both had serious surgeries in the past, not too long ago. And we were just really depleted, and we're very active people. And uh, we just feel uh, a lot better, a lot sharper. Uh, I, I just, in general, a lot better. I wish I'd have known about this product 20 years ago because I wasted a lot of time. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to place your order. Shipping is always free and don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancerscreenquiz.com. AM- 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Busy afternoon, Parkway East inbound, clogged up between 2nd Avenue and the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound delays, Glenwood up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West inbound, delay of up to 10 minutes between Green Tree and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Westbound 70, that's in Washington County. It's shut down with an accident between Old National Pike and West Virginia State Line. Jam up starts at Route 40. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. We'll see plenty of clouds with a heavy thunderstorm early tonight. Otherwise, a couple of showers around. It'll be mild. Thunderstorms can bring hail and damaging winds. Tonight's low 60. Tomorrow, we'll see a little morning rain. Otherwise, cloudy skies will reach a high tomorrow of 62. 
Some sunshine for Thursday, then turning cloudy. It'll be the nicest day of the week. We'll reach a high Thursday of 70. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Penguins play their first playoff game tonight against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. It'll be a tough uh, series for them. Won't be as tough as it will be for Alex Ovechkin, and not because the Capitals are playing the team uh, with the most wins, uh, the Florida Panthers. He has an off-ice distraction to deal with. Apparently is, or at least recently was, a friend of a guy named Vladimir Putin. Roman Stubbs has written about it for the Washington Post, and he joins us now. Roman, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So is it fair to say that, that Ovechkin and Putin are friendly? I mean, I know uh, Putin is a big hockey fan. Sure. I, you know, I think that I think that one thing we, we know is that the relationship dates back um, years. I mean, obviously, um, Ovechkin supported, uh, you know, Putin's um, decision to, you know, invade and annex Crimea in 2014 from Ukraine. Um, you know, a, a few years later, um, he gets married and, and Putin sent him and his wife a personal wedding gift. Um, that year, he, um, you know, started an online social media campaign for Putin's re-election bid. Um, and so, yes, and, and you throw in um, the fact that yes, Putin is a huge hockey fan and sports fan in general, and that Alex Ovechkin has long been celebrated um, as one of Russia's, uh, you know, proudest sons, proudest um, athletes, and um, you know uh, the fact that uh, Ovechkin now has a um, you know an Instagram profile picture with Putin, and, and he he won't take it down. Um, just goes to speak to their past relationship and then just how, um, you know, how troublesome it is uh, right now with the ongoing war uh, in Ukraine. Yeah, so he um, he has been made aware, obviously, of the picture being a little bit of a problem with him. The, the picture, uh, is it on his Instagram site, you say? Yeah, he's had, you know, he hasn't posted on Instagram since the invasion started, but... Um, you know, one of the, the um, you know, one of the things that, that opponents will point to is that, you know, he he's, you know, posing for a photo with Putin in this picture um, on his Instagram profile. Um, you know, there have been reports that, um, you know, that he is unable to take this, you know, this profile picture down um, because of fear of retaliation. Um Essentially, from uh, the Russian government, um, you know his his family obviously is still in Russia. Um, his wife and children um, are there now, um, so he, you know, Alex is in a position I think where he does probably fear some retribution um, from Putin should he distance himself from Putin and the Russian government, and so that's kind of the um, you know the forces at work here are kind of. Um, you know, tricky for him and, and given his past with um, his support for Putin. He is really in a tough position, isn't he? I mean, even if he uh, if he decided that he was a thousand percent against the invasion of Ukraine and what's going on over there now, he might find himself in a position where it's impossible to say so. Yeah, and I think people, you know, would point to that. Nobody really understands probably the pressure that Alex Ovechkin is under um, how much pressure he faces from, uh, you know, being from Russia and, and from being back there. Um, and so, yes, it is, it is a really difficult position for him to be in probably some of which is his own doing given that he, um, had positioned himself close to Putin over the years. Um, you know, uh, no other Russian player has really spoken out on this, um, since the invasion started, but again, no other Russian player probably has this relationship with Putin. And so it does place Ovechkin into kind of the crosshairs of this public outrage, just because of that relationship that goes back so many years. With that said, um, you know, he, he, um, a lot of, uh, supporters of his will point out that yes, his, his family is still there. Um, 
you know, that he, he does uh, potentially face retribution um, should he try to distance himself. So he, he has found himself in this really um, uh, trouble, you know, troubling position um, given his past. And then just given what uh, has happened the last two months in Ukraine. Is he, is he, uh, he's not the only Russian on the team or is he? There's four Russian players on the team. Yeah. Um, None of whom have had, obviously, the the public relationship uh, with Putin that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, in talking with Ukrainian fans um, from here of the capitals, they they point to the fact that uh, they're speaking out, not because Alex Ovechkin is Russian. They don't have any problems with any of the players for being Russian, but they, they... they do find his relationship and his, um, you know, his, his, um, situation to, to not distance himself from Putin. They, they, that's what they focus on. And so, um, yeah, they do have four Russian players, but Ovechkin is obviously the, the person who's in the crosshairs for that past. He's the guy. Well, the media here in Pittsburgh have been told they can talk to Evgeny Malkin about hockey but not about Ukraine. Um, has Ovechkin been allowed to address the issue with the media? And, and are the, what, are the, what are the media there been yeah. told about talking to him about it? Yeah, so Ovechkin did speak to the media in Philadelphia before a game uh, a few days after the invasion started in February. You know, he did come out and say, you know, and pleaded for no more war. He, he really pleaded for peace and said it doesn't matter who's involved in this conflict, that he just hoped that it was resolved quickly um, and that he he really didn't want to see a war. With that said, he also, when he was asked if he still supports Putin, he said, you know, obviously Putin is still my president. Um, With that said, um, he he said that he's not a politician, he's he's an athlete. Um, And so um, he didn't fully distance himself, but he did make clear that he... um, you know, that he did not support the war. Uh, the Capitals came out and ga- gave a statement in early March that condemned the war. Um, I'm not sure how many NHL franchises have done that, but they're probably one of the only few who have, who have, who have come out and actually gave a statement that, that condemns this war. Um, and so with that said, he has only spoken a handful of times. He's spoken a few times after games, um, he did speak to the media the other day before the playoffs. Uh, he was not asked about um, the situation in Ukraine. And so, um, yeah, he has been kept away from reporters at times, but he has spoken um, about this um, in the days after the, the invasion. Um, it's just he is, you know, he's he's not made available every day. And so it's it's been kind of difficult to, to know when he might speak about it again. We're talking to Roman Stubbs. He's a reporter for the uh, Washington Post to cover sports and culture and where they intersect. Uh, and this is obviously a case of that. Um, so has anybody in the Washington media pushed back on the rule to not be able to ask him? Because I know a couple of people here in Pittsburgh are not ups- are not happy about it and, and are, and are yeah, not I mean, to willing clear- to agree not to ask him about it. Bump Malkin, I'm talking Yeah, about. to make clear... To make clear, the Capitals have not have not issued anything like that. They have not said you cannot ask about this. Um, you know, uh, it's just he did speak about it in February, um, and he subsequently hasn't been asked about it since. Um, but the, you know, there there hasn't been any issue from the team that says that you know that that he's not allowed to speak about it. That he can only speak about hockey. With that said. Um, you know, he's not, he hasn't been made available at different times, uh, before games or even after games, um, which I think is really interesting. Should they advance, say they go to, uh, the winner of Tampa Bay and Toronto in the second round, say it's Toronto, you're going to have to deal with, um, a heavy elite hockey media in that city. And so it'd be really interesting to see, you know, then, if he would speak out about it again and whether his stance um, would would um, not change, but maybe he would have a little bit stronger statement on it. It's just tough to tell, um, you know, with him only speaking about it that one time. So 
there's a lot of things we don't know. I do know, though, that um, the Capitals have not said that he's not allowed to talk about it when he does talk. Um, you know, it's just in those days after the invasion started, that's when he was asked about it. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I and just so you know, I covered sports for a long time. Uh, I covered the Penguins uh, way back in ninety one, ninety two when they won the cup. I covered them a little bit less, but I was still covering them in two thousand and nine. Um, and I so I know how it works. You know, dealing with with uh, mm-hmm. athletes and and dealing with teams and all that. I did it for forty years, but. If you think about it, and this is just I'd like to get your take on it as a, as a media person. I was just thinking about it as you're talking about this. Really, in many ways, it, it, it's kind of unfair to even uh, keep torturing the guy about it. He's, he's a hockey player. It's almost like he's, he's almost every question you ask him about it is, uh, would almost qualify as a gotcha question. How, how's he, what can he say? Well, how, how is he supposed to answer other than say war is bad, I hate war, and boy, I hope you know I'm hoping for peace. After you say that, what? How can he win? What? What? what and what's the really? What's the point in trying to squeeze an answer out of him? And I, I didn't think about that until just now, uh, as you're talking about what he's going through. I, I just started to feel a little bit more sympathy for the guy. Sure, I, you know, and I think a lot of people point to that as just an impossible situation for him that he's in right now. And uh, a lot of it is his, his, is his doing obviously because he has politically tied himself to Putin in the past, but obviously there are things at work here that are out of his control. Um, and so this is a really hard situation for him. His family's involved. Um, there's, there's, there's uh, components that are involved, like layers that are involved here that, you know, that uh, is the reason why, uh, you know, Capitals fans have come down on so many different layers on this. There's not, uh, there's not a, a black and white answer on this in terms of Capitals fans either support him or they don't. A lot of Capitals fans are empathetic to the position he's in. A lot of Capitals fans don't know what they should think. Um, they might support Ukraine, but also support Ovechkin. Um, there's just so much nuance to the situation. Um, I think it is fair to ask athletes um these questions uh you know about politics um i think a lot of the times we think of 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 politics and sports as being completely different and and a lot of the times they're not um and so i do think it is fair i don't think it's fair to necessarily badger a player i think you're right that there isn't a lot you can probably say um, but just just as it would be fair to ask Americans abroad about things maybe going on back here, I think athletes do have a tremendous platform, whether it's dealing with, um, you know, politics in Russia or dealing with, um, you know, racial issues in the United States or politics in the United States, anything like that. What we've seen the last couple of years, athletes have these tremendous platforms to be able to speak out on these things and they should be able to speak out on them if they, if they choose. Um, I think there is a respectful way to ask them. I think, I think it's valid to ask them. Um, But I think if you look at Ovechkin's situation, he's in a unique position among all Russian players in the United States playing in the the NHL right now, just because of his past with Putin. And so, yeah, I I think he is, he is, he has answered about it. I, I, I think He's going to continue to face questions. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the off season. In the past, he's obviously gone home and and gone quick, as quickly as possible back to Russia to play in the, you know international tournaments and what have you. So it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens after the season. But it is definitely a complicated issue uh, with the media and with the position he's in right now. Um, but we're just going to have to see how it all plays out as the playoffs go and after the season. I think it would be a little different for Evgeny Malkin here in Pittsburgh if Sidney Crosby uh, were not the face of the team instead of him, and he would be if not for Crosby. Uh, and I don't, I don't. If if there's an issue with this in Pittsburgh, uh, a major issue with it, I'm not aware of it, other than just maybe some people in the media being a little annoyed that they can't ask him about it, but. Um, uh, but you write in your piece, and we're talking to Roman Stubbs of the Washington Post. Um, you write in your piece that a lot of people of Ukrainian descent, uh, who are actual um, 
Capitals fans have made themselves known and are not happy with what the Capitals are doing. Some of them even even saying that the Capitals should uh, uh, get rid of Ovechkin. It's kind of ridiculous. Ooh, do we lose him? Yeah, oh, I, I, I think that I, I, you know, I think that you know, there's there are Ukrainian fans in the district who um, have invested in this team, have gone to games for years, have, have invested money, time, fandom into the team, and I think they they deserve to hurt, have their voices heard, and I think they're speaking out based on the fact that um, Ovechkin has not, um, you know, been able to. Uh, distance himself from Putin. Um, I think it's a form of protest, obviously. Um, I think it's it's something that, you know, is it realistic to ask the team to, to part ways with him? Probably not. Um, but I do think that, that there are valid points um, to, to what they're trying to have heard in their voice and the awareness they're trying to bring to, to the conflict. And on the same, you know, on the same, on the other hand, you have a ton of Capitals fans, the vast majority that I've found in my reporting, who still root for him and support him and think that hockey and politics are completely separate and that he should not be, um, you know, he should not be blamed for being in this position. And so um, the dynamics are, are really interesting. And I don't think anybody should have their voice drowned out at all. I think, I think now is probably a time to hear everybody out on, on this issue. Um, it's certainly complicated. And I think Ovechkin probably understands that, um, you know, I, you know, even when he's came out with his statement, you know, in February and said, please no more war. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see this conflict go on longer. I'm sure he, he I'm sure he had critics from Russia who did not like that. Um, and so he, like we, we talked about kind of an impossible situation right now where he's going to feel criticism from any, any and all sides. And, um, I think it just speaks to how complicated the issue is. Hey Roman, I'm out of time. I really appreciate it. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about the fact that Wayne Gretzky is Ukrainian, which of Ukrainian descent, which I read in your piece, but, uh, people can find the piece at WashingtonPost.com. Good to have you on the show. Hope to have you on again. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Roman Stubbs, Washington Post. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. This is Katie Pavlich from townhall.com. The liberal media and big tech are working overtime to promote the left's anti-American agenda to silence me and the reporters on our team at Town Hall. We must bring the truth to the American people free from the spin of big media and the censorship of big tech companies. Town Hall covers the news that matters, exposing the COVID lies, the leftist rot and crime surge in our cities, the illegal alien crisis at our southern border, and all of Joe Biden's unconstitutional overreach, including the critical race theory attacks on our children and grandchildren by school boards working with the Department of Justice. Visit townhall.com each morning, afternoon, and night for the truth as my team investigates the Biden administration, their big media friends, and leftist activists. With your support, we can keep holding government bureaucrats and their allies in the media accountable. Visit townhall.com today to join the fight. The fight for our nation starts with townhall.com. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college... Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? 
My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's RON to 99799. Again, text RON to 99799. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, 2000 Mules is the explosive uh, new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. It was executive produced by Salem Media Group, and it tells the story of the people who tried to hijack the presidential election in 2020 and exposes the jaw-dropping evidence, and it is jaw-dropping, about what really happened in November of 2020. And so the truth has finally been exposed. Thousands across the country are attending the nationwide theatrical release. And in case you miss it or you want to see 2,000 Mules again, watch the special virtual event from the comfort of your own home on May 7th. You can see the movie that President Trump calls a real blockbuster, and you can participate in a live audience Q&A with Dinesh D'Souza, who was on the show here last week, by the way. Uh, watch on any device with a web browser. The show starts at 8 o'clock on May 7th. Visit 2000mules.com to get your tickets today. That's the number, 2000mules.com. Just before I finish up here, one last thing. I, I The more I think about it after talking to uh, Roman Stubbs there, uh, who wrote a good piece about this and what uh, Ovechkin is dealing with, um, I, I, I think the guy deserves a break. Um, he's from Russia. It's Russia, okay? It's Vladimir Putin. It's not like he posed with... You know, Boris Johnson in the U.K., who's not going to come after his family and maybe, you know, make them disappear or poison them or throw them off a, a high, uh, high-rise apartment for, for um, you know, just coming out in a p- opposition to the war. So uh, maybe the media ought to give him and Malkin, for that matter, and all these Russian guys, give them a break. Uh, just don't ask him about it. Ask him about hockey and forget it. The guy can't win. There's nothing he can say. And it's really nothing but a gotcha moment for the media. And it's kind of a cheap way to get uh, some clicks or whatever. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.